This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Brody King, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 183. My name is Nick Howell. And looking forward to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2021, where I predict that we will see the induction of none other than Mr. America. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. That's right, Nick. I'm calling it now. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to Busted Wide Open, everybody. We're we're back here. We're going to talk about Raw today, which just happened last night. We've also got to talk about New Japan, which had its World Tag League Finals this last weekend, and they finalized their Wrestle Kingdom card, which, of course, is coming up January 4th and 5th, and then New Year's Dash on the 6th. Good Lord. That's going to be an amazing weekend. A lot of mercy. Uh, But we have a... Oh, Lord of mercy. But we have a lot to talk about today, Nick, and I'm very looking forward to it. But we got to do some housekeeping first, and then we can get into all of that. Yes, as always, guys, come join us in the Facebook discussion group. Just head over to Facebook, type in Busted Wide Open in the search bar, and like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group. It is the hub of our operation where you can find all kinds of good conversations around the world of professional wrestling, as well as some fun memes. And at the top, you'll find a link to our Discord server, where you can get in on a community of live chats that go on all throughout the week across all promotions, uh, live chats for all of the pay-per-views, you name it we've got it in there even non-wrestling stuff it's a really great community i highly encourage everybody to get in on some of that it's available on mobile devices web browser it's got an app for all different operators so there's no reason not to get in it's where all the action happens during the shows as they're going down live uh also you can find us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast streaming live right here on youtube every tuesday not just Saturday, yes. every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday yes. at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's and, not or, and mm-hmm. Tuesday we got so and many shows. Saturday. We got lots of shows. All the shows. We do, so we do two shows on Saturday. It's it's Madhouse. Yeah. It's uh, a Madhouse. We, uh, next week we'll be doing four shows because we'll have the recap of TLC oh, going Lord, down that's this right. weekend. So four shows for your ear four. holes and your eye holes. If you're subscribed to us at youtube.com slash you know busted what? wide open. Nick, actually, if you did the math, we are doing five shows next week. Five, fifth, five shows next week. Because not only are we doing a recap of TLC, our regular Tuesday show, our regular Saturday show, and our listener mailbag show. But if you are a patron of this show, we'll be doing our year wrap up bonus episode for December, wrapping up 
everything for the entire year, possibly even the entire decade. Yes. Nick, we might have some stuff about the entire decade. That's going to be a and long show. <laughs> that's going to be a hell of a show, professional wrestling. But you can only access that show if you are a patron of this show. And to do that, you have to go over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Yes, and as always, uh, we love you guys. Thank you very much to the patrons for all that you do and contribute to this show. Uh, Ian, uh, we do have some things we need to go over before we get into the graps, so let's head over and talk about the big news. Well, the big news this week, Nick, is that they announced the first inductees for the WWE Hall of Fame class for 2020. Is, is this, uh, this kind of early? It is a little. It does feel a little early, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like it five months till Mania. You know, we got a while. Early. Only yeah, like four and a half. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a ways away. So it is curious that it's this far out. Um, I actually don't seem to recall off the top of my head where they when they typically announce people, but it does seem to be a lot closer to the event. So it is strange that they would announce people, especially uh, one of the announcements. One, I think, people have been waiting for for a while. Right. And I think after last year at WrestleMania, it, it does make a lot of sense. And that is Batista. Batista will be going into the Hall of Fame this year. And I think that between the fact that he retired last year after WrestleMania and had a major match at WrestleMania again, which really did feel like a kind of a closure for him and the evolution storyline and him and Triple H and a lot of other stuff. Um, Except for the also, microphones that he used. They were not happy about his return. No, they got a nice shower. But yeah, uh, but at this and we were also treated to, I thought, a, a pretty gnarly match for two guys that are the age that Batista and Triple H are. Like, they went pretty hard on this match, even yeah, though it did. was, um, what's the word for it? A deliberate, a very deliberate, a deliberate paced match. It was a very entertaining match, and I, I think that that was a good way to go out for him, kind of on top wrestling-wise. Also, we've said for years that we were kind of surprised that WWE didn't capitalize on his fame more because he did get pretty damn famous outside of WWE, and it seemed like a pretty easy opportunity to just you know, uh, piggyback off of that. I believe this summer, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming out, if I'm not mistaken, so this seems to be a good time to uh, stick that old Hall of Fame badge on him in the run-up to that that movie. Maybe someone... I don't have the Googles in front of me, so I can't tell you when that's coming out, if, if that's correct or not. But I'm I'm making an assumption. If I turn on the Googles on my computer, my, my video feed goes to crap. So I got you covered. I'm, I'm, I got you covered. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know when that's coming out. But it seems like it seems like it's logical. Not only 2022, not next summer. Do okay. That's a wow. That's a ways away. I guess that's what happened when you when you kick the director off of a project for tweets he made twenty yep. years ago, whatever right. it was. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, between his career and what he's done outside of WWE, which of course is always a factor, uh, it be, makes sense that he would be an inductee into the Hall of Fame. Now, the other announcement I think is the one that has a lot of people scratching their heads. Even though, on the one hand, it seems like a no-brainer. Let's talk about this. Okay. That is, they have announced that this year a faction will be inducted, as they seem to do. They inducted DX last year, for example, which is relevant because this year they've announced they're inducting the NWO, which is, I think, inarguably one of the most important factions in the history of wrestling. Agreed. Uh, you know, one of the 
foundations for the Monday Night Wars, one of the most important heel turns in history with Hulk Hogan turning heel. Uh, so many things that are monumental about the NWO change the face of wrestling, and that's not hyperbole to say so. So that on that aspect makes total sense they would go into the Hall of Fame. Here's the two questions coming, Nick, and this is what we're going to be chewing on here for a second. Okay. Is that one, as we said, DX went in last year and the click has already gone in, as I believe. So NWO classically consisted of Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Originally, it was the outsiders coming into WCW and stirring up trouble, and that was Hall and Nash. And then they got their third man at Bash at the Beach with the amazing Hulk Hogan heel turn, and that was the formation of the official NWO. You can call this the NWO, brother. So that's so Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Two of those guys have already been inducted uh, on their own merits. Hogan's already been inducted on his own merits. He's also been disbarred from the Hall of Fame and then because of his racist statements and then brought back into the Hall of Fame July of 2018 very quietly because obviously a lot of people were not ready for that. Uh, but yeah, no, so Hogan's totally back on the up and up again. And as I said, next year he will be in there as Mr. America. Not that he's Mr. America. I'm not saying that, of course. Mr. America is a completely different character, completely different person, not Hulk Hogan at all. Uh, we all know that, but he's still getting inducted next year. Uh, here's the question. Why induct the NWO a year after inducting DX, um, a couple of years after inducting the Click? Uh, why, when Hogan is still somewhat of a controversial figure, and the other major question is, why is it four people in the NWO getting inducted? The fourth being Sean X-Pac Waltman, known as six in WWE and WCW right. when he joined the NWO. Um, of course, the big question being, of course, why is he getting inducted as a member of NWO when you're not inducting everybody else who was a member of NWO, which, of course, was like the entire WCW roster? At some point, whether you have the the LWO, the BWO, uh, the uh, the uh, what the Wolf Pack, right? All the different NWOs that there were. The fact also that Sean Waltman was called six S Y X X. He was called six because he was the sixth member drafted to NWO. First was Holland Nash, then Hogan was number three. Ted DiBiase came in as Trillionaire Ted, who was their financier. It was a takeoff on billionaire Ted, Ted Turner. Um, fifth was the Giant, I believe. And then on the same show that Sting walked away because he was so mad that Lex Luger was, uh, was questioning his loyalties, he walked away from everybody. On that same show, Sean Waltman came out as the sixth member of the NWO, followed by like everybody else over the next few months. Um, I think like I think Virgil or uh, Vincent was next after him. So... He's kind of like randomly stuck in there, and you look at who's in the clique, Sean Waltman, who's in DX, Sean Waltman, whose buddies at Triple H, Sean Waltman. Why is he getting inducted to NWO, not Ted DiBiase, not Big Show, not Virgil, <laughs> or anybody else who was an NWO member? Why not, why not Scott Steiner, besides the obvious reasons? Uh, why he not, he yeah, couldn't why not, do the math quiz to qualify. <laughs> You'd have to get past Triple H, and there's no way that, that man is getting past Triple H. Uh, we've seen how their arm wrestling contests go down. So no, okay. So that's that's the question, Nick. Why NWO right now, and why Sean Waltman? Uh, I want to answer the first one first because I want to start with the positive. I do okay. think there is a tick, regardless of the members that you choose to induct a member or a faction into the Hall of Fame based on the impact that they had on the business. I think both Degeneration X 
had its impact during the Attitude Era. NWO definitely had an impact in WCW. And however it went on from there, it's weird to me. I don't want to talk about X-Pac yet, but that's the weird part to me. I think it is completely valid, as you so aptly said, that they are one of the most important factions in wrestling, professional wrestling history. Period. Hard stop. Yes. Uh, they totally act- legit, totally legit why they would go in. The name NWO mm-hmm. absolutely deserves sure. to, to be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of, of the membership underneath that goes. So I want to be clear about that. Absolutely, they go in the Hall of Fame. Sure. What the F is X-Pac doing getting inducted as part of NWO? He had right. F all to do that with is, what that made the them point. foundational. Mm-hmm. And what made them such a the most significant team in the history of wrestling? Yeah, and I yes. that's where I'm. I'm just it's, I'm befuddled. It's freaking dog Ziggler out right now. It yeah, is he freaking is. Freaking dog Ziggler out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I got I, I got a little bit heated. Dog Ziggler. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's getting dog Ziggler worked up. It's okay, boy. Yes, we know. We know that it makes literally no sense why X Pac would be in this. X Pac uh, even has go away heat with dog Ziggler. <laughs> He's got X-Pac heat with Dog Ziggler. What can I say? Uh, so this is this is the big question here, and I I have seen people say you know it's it's his reward for getting clean and sober, um, which you know legit like they're they're rewarding Scott Hall as well, but even so, that does not explain why he would be going in with NWO. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, why not? Include everyone up to like the first six members. Then throw Big Show and DiBiase up there. Sure, why not? Why not? Like Giant was a big part of NWO uh, when he was a member of it, and ask, he was he was there longer. He was there longer than X Pac was. Ask ten people who were the members of NWO, and at least eight of them will tell you Hogan Hall Nash. Well, just boom, boom, boom. Those three. Why not just those three? I guess is my question. Why X-Pac, not just those three? X Pac was for me was ended up being known for being X-Pac in DX. He got in Correct. last year. No Done. one calls him six. Some people no. even call him the one, two, three kid before they call him six. Exactly, yeah. Six, 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 six. You know, <sighs> I, so it is very bizarre. But that is that is the big news that uh, Batista and NWO are going in. Here's the other question, I guess, Nick, the last question before we move on. Who's inducting him? Uh, we already know Batista has, request, has requested Fit Finley induct him which makes sense fit was a big part of batista's early career yep. uh even though everyone thinks it it, it should be devon but uh who do you think should be inducting the nwo uh, that's the other oh, the other question the other thing i was gonna throw in were bischoff bischoff wasn't in like you think of bischoff you think of the nwo sure i can't believe it. i thought i forgot about it for a second there bischoff my god where is he in this does he indu- i mean is he persona non grata at wwe after his kind of failed attempt at being a general executive recently I executive guess. director recently. Um, does he induct them? If not him, then who? Uh, Sting. I could see Sting doing it. I could, I could see Sting. Yeah, this would be weird, but I could see it that. would be weird. Yeah. But I could see him doing yeah. it. He's 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 still out there doing table for threes and backstage story interviews he's still and around. stuff for the network. So he's still around. You I could absolutely see Sting doing it. Uh, AJ, Jeff Jarrett, and Sting. That was a good one. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. I Table did see that okay, okay. it went up, though. It's good. Uh, but that being said, you know, this is always the time to ask whenever we talk about Hall of Fame is why these guys and why like, who should be in there before 
like sh- Batista NWO, should anyone be going in there before them? Or is this like, are we like, okay, cool, that's fine. Those guys should be going in where they're at. All the guys that I would have, and girls that I would have said should be in there are in there that I'm aware of without looking at the full list. Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, Macho Man, Sable. Macho Man's Uh, the one that still sticks out. Um, But yeah, I I would put these guys in before. Vader's tough. I love Vader. Yeah. Um, Cindy Lauper, if you could talk about celebrities, can't believe she's not in. Hey, hey, I saw, I saw that. I saw that look you just gave me. Cindy Lauper absolutely 100% should be in there. The, the, the rock and wrestling connection would never have happened without her. All right, fine. Give me a break. Uh, with this in mind, the question I have for you is, uh, well, do we know the pretty much the formula is a, a singles male, a, a singles female, a faction, a posthumous, and what's the one I'm missing? Social justice one. Uh, they, this might be the year for like, uh, Carlos Colon to go in. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. Who are you, who are you thinking with these two kind of kicking things off? I have no idea. idea? (laughs) This could be Sable's year. I I think she's more likely than AJ Lee, for example. Oh yeah. No, AJ's not going (laughs) to the Hall of Fame right now. They'll probably, they'll pick someone out of the, out of nowhere that will all be like, huh? Who? Okay. They always do that. They always, there's always at least one person, at least recently, where we all kind of go, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. I don't think I, I did that last year. Last year was pretty good. Last year was solid. Uh, yeah. Last year was pretty solid. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think know. in my head. We'll my see. gears are turning about who else Who, who else is going to be in. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely Melina. both of these inductees, the NWO as a faction and its influence and Batista for his work in the 2000s, hands down, just absolutely yes and yes. For oh, both damn of it. Them. Josh, Josh Logan just completely nailed it on the head. Bella oh, Twins. you will see wrestling Twitter implode it's, on itself if Nikki nope, Bella. He's totally right. They've already been teasing a return. They're totally going to come back for one little run in the spring and be the female inductees. One hundred, Josh Logan, 100% correct in the, in the chat. He's totally right. I think they're both are going in together, though, Josh. Uh, so and, yeah, so it'll be the Bella twins getting inducted, Bella not twins. Nikki Bella. Well, and they might come back later and give it individually to them. Who knows? We'll see. But, uh, uh but Nick, that is, uh, that is it for the big news this week. We could discuss that and bitch about it for a lot longer because always a controversial subject, the old hall of fame, as is every hall of fame ever. <laughs> Don't get right. me started on the rock and roll hall of fame. We'll be here all night. Don't get me started Nick, on the baseball have, one. Oh, well that too. But, Nick, there's plenty more to talk about over on Monday Night Raw. Well, Kevin Owens apparently is the smartest man in WWE. Oh, yeah. It was was me, Owens. It It was was me me all along. (laughs) You're going to say it higher with like a thinner voice. It was me, Owens. It was me all along. I don't know why, Seth. Demon Kang. Demon Kang. (laughs) That's just that's my Seth Rollins impression. Uh, <laughs> like a Gilbert Godfrey kind of thing. Uh, you fans, I don't like you. All right, enough of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. We kind of all knew Seth was going to like we we saw him on the heel turn. He was denying it for a couple of weeks. He was denying it all show. Kevin Owens comes in and says, I'm going to find AOP and beat him up. Uh, I know Seth's behind it all. 
So he goes out, gets a metal uh, metal rod from uh, Rey Mysterio, the one that he used to beat up Brock and, and get, then get beat up by Brock. But whatever, it's fine. It's still a metal pipe. It's still very effective. Kev- Kevin Owens goes back through all the back halls looking for AOP. Runs into Mojo Raleigh, who uh, gets on his bad side. He slaps Mojo Raleigh, which comes back to haunt him later. And uh, eventually, Seth Rollins shows up in the ring and says, I can't believe you guys think it's me. Why would you think that I'm doing anything wrong, Kevin? Come on. Uh, at which point, Kevin Owens comes out with his metal pipe and says, oh, my God, Seth, it's so obvious that you're a dick and that you're doing this. I mean, I tell you what, why not just beat you up before AOP comes and gets me in the ring because I don't want to be a three-on-one. That's just how these things work. It's like, oh, I'm so insulted. I can't take it anymore. How I'm dare you? I'm out of here. How dare you? I am so hurt and insulted. And he takes off. Uh, Kevin Owens left in the ring when who should come out but Sami Zayn, who apparently has got a manager's license, <laughs> which is Sami's uh, on SmackDown. Fancy, how, how fancy? I thought we were done fancy, with this wild card shit. He got a managerial license, Nick. It's not a wild card rule. It's just a fancy way of saying it's can, a wild card rule. Can I apply for a managerial license? Uh, sure, and you could be on both of our episodes of BWO. Oh, wait, you already are. We already have the wild card rules kind of always in effect on our show. But yes, Sami Zayn came out with the insulted Mojo Raleigh, uh, who is so insulted that Seth Rollins, uh, that uh, Kevin Owens would slap him in the face. They come down to the ring. Sami Zayn tries to broker a piece between the two of them. Uh, Mojo starts running his mouth. Sami Zayn says, don't run your mouth. Kevin Owens says, you think I'm such a big deal because I'm holding a metal pipe? Well, how do, why don't you hold it? Throws the pipe to Mojo Raleigh as Mojo catches it. Kicks him, stuns him, beats the crap out of him with the metal pipe. If you've seen the Twitter, uh, he had some legit welts on his back, Mojo did when he got backstage. Beats the crap out of him with the metal pipe, chases off Sami Zayn and goes running back to the back to find AOP which he eventually does. AOP had showed up earlier in the show in a nice van. He finds the van, trashes it with the metal pipe. Doesn't look inside too much, though, because he, uh, he failed to notice the hooded figure, the cloaked figure sitting in a swivel chair in the back of the van, which once AOP shows up and beats down Kevin Owens, the back of the van is opened, and the hooded figure creepily turns around like the Emperor in Return of the Jedi, and slowly pulls off his hood, a la Mr. McMahon, when he's revealed as the head of the Ministry of Darkness, the higher power, if you will. And it revealed to be none other than Seth Rollins. Of course. Of, of course. Who, who was else was Seth it going to be? And Yeah. I loved this. I loved everything Seth. about this. And Seth gets out of the van and curb stomps Kevin into the concrete. And then goes out to the ring and cuts a heel promo where he essentially says, Eh! It was you fans that turned me. I thought we loved each other. Eh, but you don't love me. You made me turn evil. I wasn't even evil until tonight when I decided to join AOP, which makes total sense because they had a swivel chair put in the back of their van just for me to turn and join them. Meh. You fans. I'm evil, Seth. Meh. And then AOP comes out. They stand together, and that's that okay so what did you love about this nick because i was sitting there rubbing my temples the entire time um uh, who doesn't love a good heel turn i i we've been you know uh, i like was the this fa- a good heel turn was this a good heel can turn I, can i can i can i, can I, I finish just curious i mean you asked me a question let me <laughs> all right go on we've been seeing this coming uh and and look fundamentally 
Seth has been for the last few months, especially it, the trigger point was probably the Hell in a Cell match. Let's be honest. But he was fading a little bit before that, but that was really the catalyst. That was the thing that really kicked all of this into gear, was that Hell in a Cell match. People turned on Seth. And the fans, tur- everybody turned on Seth. And his Twitter shit didn't help, and all of the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But the smart thing is that they've turned into it. And that's what I appreciate. I think it's been, I think it's been done well. And you've already got a, a built-in feud right here that's probably going to run to Rumble, at least, if not beyond. And who doesn't want to see Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins in a you know, blood feud? Because boy, Owens is going to be hot after this if he's not dead from that curb stomp into the concrete. Because he didn't move for five minutes while they were standing there talking. And they took him away on a stretcher with a neck brace. Yeah. So... I, I like this a lot. And I, there was that moment at the end of the show or at the end of the sequence where Seth was standing out there and AOP kind of just walked in and you had that threesome that just framed up perfectly in the camera. And I went, <gasps> I started thinking about like other factions. Like we haven't had a good solid, like other than New Day, we hadn't had a really good heel faction. Like I had high hopes for sanity coming up and doing something this didn't smack of like what was it 2016 Seth after WrestleMania 31 with uh, with Mercury and Noble. This, it wasn't like Mercury and Noble. No, Mercury and that, Noble got jacked. Mm-mm. That felt like chicken shit heel authority Seth, and I think that worked well also. But this feels like holy crap, they're gonna hurt people. I'll admit, I'll admit, I am skeptically optimistic. Okay, for Seth with AOP, I am, and I, and you and I both love the fact that AOP is getting this high of a profile. Finally. I do like that. Yes. Great. I can't wait till they let them go out there and just murder people. I love that they're uh, just if, talking in their languages and just not giving any Fs about yes. they don't care that people can't understand even a, what they're saying. Uh, Kayla Braxton even had a crack about that later in the show where she says she's got to learn another language to work the show. And I'm just like, eh, wah, boo-hoo. Uh, that's the way it should be, frankly. I like I like it as well where people are screaming in their naked, na- naked languages. Oh, my. They're native languages. And uh, yeah, so I on there are aspects I like about all of this. Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, love that. Seth Rollins and AOP should, could be good, skeptically optimistic. Kevin Owens uh, being smart enough to figure out what's going on, even though apparently the logic of this was that Seth wasn't evil until Kevin turned him evil or some nonsense like that. It was muddled. It was convoluted. It was a dumb swerve. It was a dumb, it was like misdirection that fooled nobody. You know, it's a magician saying, watch my hand while he's very obviously putting the rabbit into the hat. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it didn't work. And Hey, you know, look, the, it's Elvis. <laughs> right. The dramatic reveal of it being Seth Rollins was just kind of. Yeah. But there's a lot to like here. And I thought that Seth delivered his promo well. Um, the logic was really kind of twisted. Uh, you know, when you're when you're a heel, and, and I've I've heard people that liked his logic here that, that it worked for. Okay, great. I'm glad it worked for some people. For me, it didn't ring true. I think there's a lot that they could have done with the grievances that Seth had against the fans recently, the way he's been acting, and uh, turning him into that. Um, and I don't think they quite hit that nail on the head with the way he turned. I don't know if they uh, had time to spend that much more. I think they could have gone down a path about the, the match with the Fiend. The they have as much that. time as you know, they give themselves, Nick. They have as much time as they give themselves. Well, as we kind of saw this week, things ran a little long. <laughs> so, uh, that, 
I, there I are wish there was another that's been doing this for 40 years. Why are they still running long? Is my question. Like, sure. yes, I know it's a free flowing show, but any if it runs long, it's on them. Like that's yeah. what it. Come on, that's just a professionalism thing. Um, and I, I I get it. It's a TV show. It's live. Like stuff happens. Totally empathetic to that. Um, but it's the same thing with with saying, oh no, they didn't have enough time to turn Seth's character. Why didn't they? Why didn't they? Why why did you not figure this out? In in a you know to like if you think it needs enough time, I think they could have done it in the time they had. Personally, here's my one concern. You know, the same that thing I have. with the Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns feud earlier this year. Is sure. Why didn't you have this figured out? Why are sure. you running things by the seat of your pants? Yeah. My one big concern I have about this that I'm overly skeptical about is you've now got the OC and whatever this new thing is going to be called if if it's going to have a name. Uh, and it's not just Seth Rollins plus two. Um, right. You've got two heel factions. Uh, on just Raw. don't don't call it uh, Seth AO Seth and AOP because that's just no. It needs Soups. a name. Soups. It needs a name for sure. Um, okay. I, and I hope they treat they give it that treatment because it's it it could be really really good. And I hope they do more than just turn them into goons. So. Hmm. That's my one concern. Is OC, the I mean, having two heel factions like that, and which one stands out? Does one does, does OC go away again? Do we lose the Good Brothers again because now we've got AOP with Seth? Do they take the spotlight away from OC? Right. I'm, I'm mildly concerned about of, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it, AJ and the OC sound they feel pretty solid. At least what it seemed like on the rest sure. of the show. So. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to pick apart here. I, I'm curious where they're going with it. Um, I wonder if we'll end up with it. It doesn't seem like we're getting a TLC match out of this yet. Um, maybe something will get put together at the last second. It's WWE. That's yeah. why they seem to do things lately. Last minute, Seth and Kevin match. Not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. But um, Smaz finish yeah, as I, doesn't as finish said, at all. This, you know, they could run that forever. Yeah. Oh, of course. But again, this didn't quite work for me on the show, and it just came down to the execution. Um, I think that the basic foundational stuff there is they're going the right direction with everybody involved here. Um, I like the fact that it ran through the entire show. I think they need more storylines that run through the entire show. But, um, but yeah, I thought that again, the foundational stuff here, fine execution, a little shoddy, but I could just be nitpicking. Uh, something else that I thought the execution was actually quite good on, even though I disagree with the fundamental idea behind it is Becky Lynch who gets approached by Charlotte Flair backstage, Charlotte saying, you want to help me out against the Kabuki Warriors? Becky saying, nah, I still don't like you, but I have my own issue with the Kabuki Warriors, hinting that she still hadn't forgiven Asuka for beating her last year at the Royal Rumble, and she wanted her win back. So she decided to face the Kabukis two-on-one, like Charlotte did last week, and try and get one over on Charlotte and get her, her win back at the same time. So we had a two-on-one match, Becky versus the Kabuki Warriors, in which Becky looked like she was going to beat the Kabuki Warriors because... Singles champions can always beat tag team champions one-on-two. But the Kabukis weren't going to let that happen. Asuka ended up getting a chair. Kyrie Sane got a table, which she put Becky through on the outside of the ring with an insane elbow that was truly insane. Truly insane move, that. Um, and really, the only thing we were missing was a ladder, Nick. Because uh, as you'd expect, Becky came back backstage, was pretty sore about the whole thing. Charlotte threw her an ice pack and said, hey... How about that uh, that matchup now? You want to become a Becky Two Belts again? And uh, meanwhile, the uh, Kabuki Warriors said, we challenge you to challenge us. 
And sure enough, now we have a TLC match, Charlotte and Becky versus the Kabuki Warriors at TLC. Uh, are you happy with this, Nick? Is I mean, we, we saw this coming a while back. We said this was going to go this way about, God, a month ago now? We yeah, said this was going to happen? Least. Yeah. Um, do, do you think they, like, the way they got here, I felt it was well-paced. Do you feel like they got here, uh, like, everything made sense? Do you like that they got, how they got here? Do you like that this is going on? Like, what's, what's your feeling on this? No, I don't like the fact that you have your top two women in the entire company that are singles wrestlers being formed together as a tag team. And you knew I was going to say that. Um, yep. So, you've finally done something good. You, finally, with Asuka and Kyrie Singh. You've, you've finally done, you've turned them heel, and they're brilliant at it. And they've changed their characters. You've finally given them a cohesive theme song. <laughs> and it's really good. Yeah, it is. And you fi- they finally have an identity. And what's the first thing you do? You give them Charlotte and Becky so that they can get the checkbox of being women's tag championships champions. And somehow... Do you think they're going to beat them? <sighs> you think they're going to beat them in a TLC match? How? First of all, realistically, they shouldn't. Because it's Oscar and Kyrie Sane. In, uh, Oscar and Kyrie Sane should thrive in that environment. I mean, if you're thinking about it that way, how do you not? How do you have Charlotte and Becky lose here? Uh, they're not on the same page. They still have some beef with each other. Oscar uh, and Kyrie are still freaking Oscar and Kyrie, and they're, they'll use dirty tricks. There's mist. There's all kinds of ways. So if you're not going to have them win, what's the point of doing all this? Uh, to build up towards a Becky and Oscar singles match at the Rumble. That I'm down for. I'm saying, like, uh, why couldn't you just do oh. that? Because we got to get through. <laughs> we got to get through December, man. We got like they they say, all right, we want this way down here. How do we get there? Well, we got to do some crap in the middle. So I uh, don't tag matches, or they do take the belts, and all of a sudden you have Becky and Charlotte defending the belts as the tag champs, and you put one more accolade around both of their their that, waists. That's all. That's what I. Th- it's a check box. It's a, it's a resume check box so that they can say that they also were tag team champions. So I guess we'll see. This Sunday at TLC, which yep. is going to be, because that will be, in my opinion, that's be very telling uh, what the direction they have for the first part of 2020 is, is if 2020 starts with Becky and Charlotte as co-tag champs, which could be an interesting story, too, because of their dynamic. And yep. they do play well together, and they, I like the fact that they play their history together. So all of that I'm down with. But if they do become champs, then pff, Kabuki Warriors are left adrift again. They're back off. Floating in the kind of like what they did with the Iconics, with, right? The Iconics won the championship. Jupiter in their hair, and yeah. uh, then they won the championships, and then held on to them, and they were brilliant for a few weeks, and then have disappeared into irrelevance. Other than Billy Kay headbanging to uh, Alistair Black's theme song, which is really good. Oh my god, I love that video. That was fantastic. Whoever cut that, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mwah. love it. Well, I'm I'm personally excited for it. If nothing, like I said, I'm not a fan of Charlotte and Becky being a tag team, going for the tag team championships, and quite possibly winning them, especially over the Kabuki Warriors. Like that, that makes them my head hurt, Nick. It makes them my head hurt. Yeah. But, dude, Charlotte, Becky, Oscar, and Kyrie in a TLC match. Take all the other stuff out of this. Yeah. Those four women in a TLC match, Nick. It's gonna be good. They're gonna give them time. They're going to give them time to work. We're going to see a damn good match. I think there's an opportunity for it to main event. 
I want to go. Uh, I want to go crazy. No, Roman Corbin, Roman's main event in this son of a bitch. You know it to be true. We're gonna have to do a prop bet on Saturday for that one. I will, and I if I lose and and this is the main event, I will be so happy. They give these women half an hour, thirty like forty minutes to do a TLC match. These four women, you're gonna get a barn burner. I think that it's could absolutely happen. steal the show. I, I, or it will open the show uh, if, Charlotte, for Bar- if Charlotte and Becky win. We know they listen. You heard what Ian <laughs> just said. Do it. <laughs> should I say I'm going to pull a shy on you. Go, just you know, do it. <laughs> you know if I say something will absolutely happen, it'll, it or absolutely will never happen, it'll happen, right? Uh, yeah. So, so never right. happen. Well, we'll yep. All right. Come back. Come back on our Saturday show when we do our pickums and y'all will see what happens. Yes. But for right now, we've got a, we got a uh, downshift here. And talk about how the show opened with Rusev and Lana having their divorce settlement, something, divorce court, divorce king's court. Jerry the King Lawler was in the ring and he said Rusev and Lana are going to come out and finalize their divorce right here in the middle of the ring. Because wrestling, that's how we do things in professional wrestling. And sure enough, out came Lana with some guy playing a lawyer and she was shrill and annoying and bad actress. And then Rusev came out in a suit jacket and a Daffy Duck shirt or, and, or Donald Duck shirt and sneakers and his hair not done and looking just kind of like a Fred Flintstone. And he gets down to the ring and Rusev Flintstone keeps talk, telling everyone about Rusev Day and Lana keeps screaming about something or other and acting poorly. And the whole thing was just awkward and terrible. And then... Finally, Lana says, I'm going to sign this first. And Russo says, okay, but I'm not going to sign it until I get a match with Bobby Lashley at TLC. And Lashley comes out, blah, blah, blah. Russo puts him through the table. We have a match at TLC. Greatly, I'm I'm narrowing that down, Nick, because it was was so very painful. And I'm not even going to get to the details of all of the little nuances of this. I, I say nuances with big, fat, hairy quotation marks in the air. Um, and this is how you opened Raw to over two, two million yeah. people. This is what this is what you're going to open your show with. The, I'm I'm looking at the ratings on my screen right now, and the fact that they stayed for the whole three hours for the most part. It, it's I, I I even said in the Discord last night I came in about an hour late because I was out running errands and stuff, and I I DVR it so I can fast forward through the commercials and play catch up. As soon as I turned it on and saw Lawler in the ring and saying divorce court, I almost just turned it off immediately. <laughs> like this close. Uh. But uh, yeah. I just you know you struggle through as it, a, but uh, again. as the French would say, Nick, as the French would say, it was haute garbage. Yes, yeah, it was it was a, an atrocity. But people watched it. It's getting hits on YouTube. This is what we say every week: is there are people out there who like the stuff, and they're going to keep putting this out there as long as there are people who watch it. So those of you who are enjoying it, I say shame, shame on you. Shame on you. You're better than this. Yeah. You're, you can be better than this. You can create a better world than this. The Kardashians don't need to be celebrities. Rusev and Lana does not have to be a thing. We all make choices in our lives. We all create our own destinies. We all formulate our own worlds. And if you think that Rusev and Lana is just something that you have to deal with in your life, then I say to you, no, it's not true. Stop enjoying it, please. This yeah. is it's it's an atrocity, and I, I'm sad because I thought Rusev and Lana were actually good performers and good actors, and this just undermined that argument. 
It's what I like, say last they week. Pull this off. You know, I hope that there's plans for Rusev after this. That's really all that matters to me. Like I'm mostly idling through this, you know, stabbing my eyes with a fork on the way <laughs> as we go through it, just in hopes that this ends well for Rusev in a super face turn that he, has been a long journey for him. Um, a departure, a return, and, and it had to be this way. Oh God, if this is the way we got to do it, I'll, I'll, I'll eat my my mushy peas. But is and the get logic? Past it, but. But is that even going to work with the logic of this? Like, I don't want to get into the d- details of this, like why it makes sense that it Rusev's doesn't. just trying to get Rusev's just trying to get away from Lana, but he still wants a match with Bobby Lashley. Like, uh, what? How? What? Okay, how? Okay, Lashley's kind of being a dick about it, and he's like the guy who's taking your wife, but like he's like, all right, fair and square. Like, you got her, dude. But then why does he want to beat her up? I, my head explode. I, it's so damn dumb. I don't know how we're going to get to that eventuality of like, this is not really getting Rusev over with anything other than like, he already had the charisma and the audience on his side without creating this convoluted storyline where somehow he's kind of nominally the good guy, I guess sort of ish. Yeah. It, it hurts my brain. Yeah. Um, no Moss, please, no Moss. please, <laughs> please. Please, I and I guess we're getting a tables match out of this at TLC. Whoop de doo. Thanks, I guess, guys, for that. Uh, moving on before I I throw myself out my window. Yeah. Rey Mysterio. Not only is he giving Kevin Owens a metal pipe to beat up people with, but he had a match against AJ Styles for the U.S. title, uh, which main evented the show and was. An awesome match that, unfortunately, like they didn't want to stop. I didn't want them to stop. They didn't stop. They barely made it out. <laughs> they barely closed the show. Randy Orton jumping into the ring after a whole bunch of OC interference and scaring the crap out of AJ. AJ pooped himself like CM Punk when he saw Randy Orton standing behind him ready to give him the RKO. And he winked at him. Was he scared of a, a wink? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I could have got you. Bing. I'm the Viper, buddy. The Viper. Uh, I, I'm scared of a Randy Orton wink. I don't know about you, man. I don't know if he's going to RKO me or stick his dick hands in my face. Uh, but uh, at the end of it, the whole thing, Randy Orton sliding back up the ramp. Ray grabs a quick roll-up on AJ Styles. One, two, three. He retains. Where are we going with all this, Nick? Like We had a whole bunch of, of stuff that was relative to TLC. This was the beginning of the stuff that had nothing to do with TLC. Like, do we have... Is Are Ray and AJ getting a match? Is it AJ and Randy... U.S. title not getting defended at TLC. What's This was the go-home raw for TLC. What, what do we got here? What I, are you seeing? I, you know, I, I said something a few weeks ago about how I was... Uh, it was when they put the U.S. title on Rey Mysterio. And I was kind of down on it because there's so many other people with so many other... that need so many opportunities. And I thought Ray's return was to help put some new faces over. Maybe that's kind of what's going on here. But I listen, all that aside... God, I love watching Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles wrestle. Uh, it is so refreshing. It is so just to see. And they did have one little botch. Uh, he tried to get him up in an Avalanche Styles clash or something, and it fell over, and somebody lost their balance. Whatever. Even that. Whatever. Don't whatever. Care. It's just it's so buttery smooth with these two guys. Like butter. I could watch them wrestle for an hour, and I would not be mad at it. Who cares if a title's involved? Let them wrestle. I just yeah. – <laughs> That's where I'm at. The, uh, this is a great example of two guys with amazing chemistry that just know how to work together and know how to put on a killer match, have done it long enough, 
and in the most different environments all around the world that just just they just get it. Oh, they, I just I wanted to dance the entire time they were in this match. They're yeah. like, Rame Stereo, like butter, like butter. AJ Styles, like butter, like butter. It's it's delicious. I love watching them work. Throw Ricochet in there too, and just uh, like butter, like butter. It's uh, beautiful. Um, so I would love to see more AJ and Ray. And you know what? If you threw Randy Orton in the middle of it, I wouldn't be mad either. Drew McIntyre had his fingers in this apparently for a while too, and I don't know where he went in this. Ricochet. There's been a whole bunch of people that kind of you know salted around on this. So now it's like salted butter, like butter. I, I'm curious where they're going with this. They'll probably throw a match at us at the very last second for TLC, which will screw up our pickums. But hey, more Ray and AJ, not mad at that. Nope. Uh, as I was saying, we had a lot of matches that really mm, had nothing to do with anything. They were just kind of there. Street Profits uh, coming out looking like the, the hip-hop Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Club Band uh, had a match against the Viking Raiders for the titles. You know it's true. I see you giving me the look. The Viking came Raiders out came out and gave an open challenge. Yeah. And, and I was not expecting the Street Profits, but I'm not mad at it. Those guys have done some great matches in, uh, in NXT. For those champions, oh, oh my God! Street, Street Profits and Viking Raiders has been—they've had a bunch of great matches. Yeah, and this actually called back to one of their best ones, where the Street Profits came out right off the bat and tried to steal that win within the first couple of moves, getting a big frog splash. And um, I can't even remember which one's Eric, which one's Ivar. Hanson comes in to break up the pin on Row. Ivar right. is Hanson. Okay, I'm glad Fink- you're keeping Finkel track. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping track there, Beard Boy. I yes. can't keep track. Um, but oh, but this was actually a shockingly short match. They gave him about half the amount of time that they had in NXT, if not like a third. So they barely really got going uh, before the Viking experience was laid out. And uh, and that was that. Uh, Montez Ford ate a huge one, sent him flying in the air. And then uh, Seth Rollins came out to close out this segment, and then everyone just ditched him. Because this ended, actually, I like the fact that at the end of this, they had like some some... What is it? Arm bashes, sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Like, yeah, you bit up. But where does this? Where does it leave Street Profits? Like, okay, the Viking Raiders are the dominant champs. We know that. OC's gunning for him. Great, cool. Should be a good feud. Street Profits. We're worried about the Raw Tag Division. With another example of of making anyone who's not the champ or the people who are challenging for the champ look absolutely weak. Uh, I don't know. I like the fact that the Viking Raiders were ballsy enough to come out and go open challenge. Who wants some? I love that. Um, I, I wish there would have been. It was. I wish it would have been an opportunity for. I don't know. Maybe the Good Brothers. Maybe another tag team to come out. We've seen Street Profits and Viking Raiders so many times at this point. Um, not on the main roster. I understand, but I mean, I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm not mad at it. I, I, I fully enjoyed this match. Yeah. So. Uh, it, what I mean, I Butter's say actually here? said in the chat. Butter said in the chat. The chat is a really good idea. Is you know what? Why have the Viking Raiders Street Profits right now? Why not have Street Profits work up to a title shot? Exactly where I was going. Beat some people. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you and Butters. Exactly where I was going. Yeah, me and Butters on the same page, totally. So, yeah, they've spent so much time being hype men backstage that I'm wondering if this was an opportunity to remind people of who they were and that they, oh, yeah, they can actually wrestle. They can run roughshod around the ring. Because we got another segment later. Uh, with they're gonna do the, what is it, the weekend after the weekend update on Monday, whatever the hell they called that thing, where they were running down the TLC card for us, and I, it was funny for three minutes, however the, long it went on. Day, the morning after the weekend update, 
Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> Which that, is that calling too. back to the fact that that you know Colin Jost and Michael Shea are 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 kind of halfway WWE future Hall of Famers. By the way, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, of course. Uh, We're getting choked out by Braun Strowman against a wall. Sure. Uh, or tossed out of the ring at WrestleMania. Right. But yeah. All right. So. I well, we may, we may see Street or um, Viking Raiders versus OC at TLC. No idea because they didn't build towards anything. This was just a match. Also, just a match that was an amazing match. Not surprisingly, Andrade Cien Almas versus Umberto Carrillo. We knew this was coming. Crushing it, Umberto sneaking out a win. Zelina trying to get involved, and uh, he ends up sending her into Andrade and gets the win over Andrade. Um, give me this feud now. If you watched Hulu, you didn't see this though, which sucks. Like, uh, good God, they they cut this for time. It makes mm. sense because it really was relevant to nothing, unfortunately. But when when they first did the well. brand split, this is one of the matches. It, well, that's why they cut it. This was one of the matches. I said you're going to start seeing um, some of this, like the, the all the people who know how to do lucha, all the people that were you know once. Uh, down in Mexico working, like they're able to work the same style. You're going to see them facing off against each other. Andrade getting Carrillo over makes complete sense to me. Um, and sure enough, the quality of this match speaks for itself. The backstage segment one match on ahead Raw, of time before the match where they got really heated, turned into some yeah. shoving. Uh, mm. There were some obscenities shouted in, uh, in Spanish that we can't repeat. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was hot. That was like shit got real real fast. And they Can went I straight say, to the ring and just whooped each other's ass. We said before, you've got AOP speaking in Albanian Turkish. You've got Andrade and Humberto Carrillo talking in Spanish, yelling at each other. And you've got Asuka and Kyrie screaming in Japanese. I love it. And at no point did they, I mean, they, they, they kind of threw the eyebrow up there with Kayla saying, i got to learn some new languages. But like, aside from that, it, at no point did I feel that it was demeaning or patronizing it was just presented as matter of fact right. these, these, these are international superstars they speak in their own languages except kevin owens saying um i agree with your good point or something like that to aop yeah when they were screaming at him when in they Albania, were on the tron goes, yeah you make some absolutely good points <laughs> but i've got you know that's a, okay that's a funny response like at least he wasn't like in america we speak american yeah <laughs> usa, USA. let's have a flag match Oh, oh, Nick, you shut your whore mouth. Don't you give them any ideas. No. Don't do that, oh, guys. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Kevin Owens and AOP in a flag match. Oh, God. The question oh, a, is, a, the question is match. Oh, wait, uh, uh, would what, it be no. the Canadian flag or the American flag? <laughs> no, Kevin Owens is an American now, Nick. Don't you oh, know? Oh, okay. Don't you know? Uh, okay, so Andrade and Huberto Carrillo put on a great match. Go look that one up. That was the match of the night as far as I was concerned. Easily. True. Drew McIntyre uh, started messing with Matt Hardy's head, talking about Matt, Matt Hardy's family, his newborn son. Son? Or did he finally have a daughter? I, I forget. I'm sorry. I, uh, Matt Hardy had a kid this week, and I, I, I uh, let everyone down by not having it in front of me if it was a son. or I believe it was a son. A third son. They, they keep uh, posting family pictures of Rebby with breastfeeding that everybody's kind of losing their shit over. And, I, you know, is, it's... <laughs> Because that's kind of why they're doing it, guys. Just a, just Rebby things. Just a poke. Just Rebby things. It's just Rebby. That's just her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt Hardy's got an interesting thing going on right now where he's 
on Twitter making it seem like he's one foot out the door at WWE where he's like, I'm happy I came back. I wear the WWE flag, but now I want to go do my broken thing right. It's kind of how he's making it seem. Um, also, if you remember how they treated Dean Ambrose when they were amicably sp- splitting ways with him, they did something very similar where they were like, you're going to come out and you're going to put over people and you're going to get squashed. And this was a squash. Let's call a spade a spade. Drew murdered Matt Hardy here. Um, it, this, to me, smacks of that same sort of thing. It's kind of also happening with Tozawa right now. We've heard that Tozawa has asked for for to to go. Like He's like, I'll work on my way out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Not to be overlooked, though. Uh, Hardy is out there making YouTube videos again. Yes. And if I posted one in the Facebook group. If you haven't seen it yet, it was about 15 minutes long-ish. But it's uh, Sir Benjamin burying him and him bursting out of the ground like he's been reborn. Uh-huh. And he's wearing all of the broken regalia. Yeah. And yeah. we're seeing it. It's coming back. He's going to so. leave. And, you know, unlike other people that are getting out of there, he probably will come out without the no compete, much like Dean Ambrose did. And we we'll, might have the same thing go. Uh, we'll, we will see. But this definitely reeked of that to me, Yeah, this match. Uh, we also had a couple of matches. Speaking of Akira Tozawa, we had Tozawa versus Alistair Black. Alistair killing Tozawa with a, with a high knee as Tozawa was doing his senton. And also a black mask that Tozawa sold. Nick, I can only say masterfully. He looked like he was dead. There's there's a phrase like, where you say taking one on the boy. chin. No, he literally took it on the chin. <laughs> he took, he they played it in boy. slow motion, and you could see just boom. <laughs> whole lower half of his head went to Canada, <laughs> just went sideways. Uh, the, the, the top half of his head stayed in America. The bottom half lost its visa. Uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. Gra- Alistair Black looked like a killer. We also had Buddy Murphy versus Zack Ryder. Murphy putting away Zack Ryder pretty quickly, as you would expect. So we're building this feud by not having any physicality between these two guys, which is interesting. Um, I, ha- I have a sneaking suspicion this will be your pre-show match come Sunday because they ain't done shit with this. And to have these two guys with just such a like offhanded build is just criminal. Just criminal. I think Finally, that match could sneak up and steal the show. Not if they give him nine minutes on the pre-show. And no, tell not if they give him nine the minutes on the pre-show, no. but They're going to tell him, like, don't don't upstage everybody else. Go out, have nine minutes. Just do some basic stuff. I'm just warning you right now. Don't get your hopes up, Nick. I want it so Eric, bad. <laughs> I know, dude. Hashtag wrestling. Eric uh, Rowan. Eric Rowan. Final thing on the show. Eric Rowan had a match with Tracer X, who was... Basically going to be like a local enhancement talent thing. But Tracer decided to steal Eric's cage. Innovative. And run up. Very innovative. Clever, Mr. X. Runs up onto the ramp, runs up the ramp onto the stage with it. Uh, Eric chases him down, gets his cage back, starts screaming about how you don't steal someone I love or something like that. And then just multiple claw choke slams in. To the point that, that the ref. Him. When was the last time you. Oh, wait. Hell in a cell. When was yeah. the last time you saw a ref stop a match? Like that. Not for a DQ or anything, just because he was literally going to kill that dude if he kept kept going and the ref stopped the match. It makes sense when it's a regular match. It doesn't make sense when it's a hell in a cell match. I used up all my F-bombs. I don't have any more F-bombs for the rest of 2019. I'm sorry. Don't get me started. Yeah, two more weeks. Quota resets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saving them. Uh, But we did have an Eric shirt watch. Rowan shirt watch. Rowan shirt watch. 
Glory Hammer. <laughs> All right. Theatrical symphonic power metal. Okay. I used to listen to uh, some Symphony X. I can get into some of this. Yeah, that's all right. I, I particularly like the fact that these guys always get dressed up in costumes on stage and play the characters in the stories that they're telling in the yeah. songs. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not normally a power metal guy. I don't mind some symphonic black metal, but power metal, not my thing, but not mad, not mad at it. Yeah. Rowan's got some, he's, he's got like a lot of different interests. More power to him. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, and that was Monday Night Raw. That was it. Uh, what did you think about this go home raw to TLC, man? So what, I think I, uh, you know it's uh, funny. You and I try to we'll, we'll talk when we're setting the show up and all of that kind of stuff, but we try not to spoil anything. But the one thing I did say to you before the show today was uh, the the emotional roller coaster that Raw takes me on from week to week is is an interesting phenomenon because there are there are very high highs, but there are very low lows. So this week we got to see what is going to be next, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, the build-up, whatever you call it, build-up for that. We got to see Humberto Carrillo and, and Andrade, right? We got to see all kinds of stuff. We got to see Seth Rollins turn heel and team up with AOP. Oh, my God, I like it. KO beating the shit out of people with a steel pipe. Oh, God, yes, I love it. Lana Rusev, divorce court. <sighs> MC'd by Jerry Lawler. Oh God! It, it's just the hot. Just it's the ultimate so high it, low. <laughs> it was bipolar. It was bipolar. Very like you. So had, you had some good stuff and some bad. There stuff. There was more good stuff, especially on this Raw, than there was bad. But the bads were so bad that they just they they just to leave an impression on you, and that's the one thing. So it's just this this roller coaster ride that I'm going on, and it wonder if starting to feel like filler content. Hey, hey, Nick. Yeah, hey, Nick. Say say Humberto Carrillo again. No, please. Humberto Carrillo. Am I saying it Thank correctly? You. Yeah, it's close enough. That's good. Thank you. I rolled my Thank R's. You. Right. It was that was very good. All right. It was. I, I I thought you were Latino for a second there. No, I took three years of Spanish in, in high school. I I, yeah. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. You're you're practically Hispanic. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have to head over and discuss New Japan. I don't speak Japanese, so I can't give you an intro here. So go ahead, Surrey and Dangerous. Take us down the road of New Japan. It's okay. I also am terrible at Japanese. Uh, but, that, but that being said, I'm, also terrible at Spanish. I'm terrible at Spanish, too. Who, who am I kidding? Uh, the Tag League finished up this week. The World Tag League finished up this week, Mr. Nick. And my goodness. I'm so uh, behind. Quite, oh, my God. I'm admitting you that from the outset. Oh, you, I mean, you need to go back and watch your boys, Colt Cabana and Toriano. They were just classic this entire time, dude. Like, it was it was amazing. But that's not the big story here. The big story was we came down to three at the end, three tag teams. Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, who were the champs, they had to beat Ishii and Yoshihashi to stay in this. They did not. They lost early in the show. So you knew it came down to the final match, which was Evil and Sonata versus Finn... Uh, so David Finley and uh, Juice Robinson, also known as Finn Juice, that's their tag team <laughs> name. Because why not? Do they and have a song? Much, Are they a cohesive unit? To, um, no, they come out to their own songs. It's it's New Japan though, and they they always do that. Like that's it's established there. Yeah. That they but they at least like have fun with. Hey, when you have your two singles guys team up, you come up with a tag team name. Like there's a different dynamic to everyone. They actually have fun with it. And they create all the dynamics that exist within the actual factions. Like it's, it actually makes sense. 
damn it, Nick, it makes sense. And you can have two singles guys team up as a tag team and not be any good. And you can have tag teams beat two singles wrestlers, and it's a thing. Um, or you can have a whole bunch of singles guys as a tag team, which happened here. Evil and Snot are usually singles. Uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson usually singles. But here, it's singles and singles in the finals. And it was actually a really good final. But shockingly, David Finley gets the pin, and David Finley and Juice Robinson win the whole thing. They're going to go have a singles match against Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, or sorry, a singles like tag match. I thought it was going to be a three-way uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. If we we ru- we we wind, if we we wind the clocks, we wind it, we wind it. <laughs> if we we if we rewind the clock, <laughs> the clocks a month. I can't not do it now. If we rewind the clocks a month now to the beginning of this, and you had told me, Nick, the finals of this is going to be Evil and Sonata facing off against David Finley and Juice Robinson, Juice. and yep. they beat, and David Finley was going to get the final pin. pin. Yeah, and they win the whole thing. I would have laughed would sa- at you. I'd have laughed you out of the building. I would have said you were lying. Absolutely, and 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 this is what I've got to say here is that like these wascoey wabbits pulled this one off somehow at the end. And I'm not really sure how they did it. Yeah. But and it's and I also kind of question the decision here because now Evil and Sonata don't really have anything to do at Wrestle Kingdom. And Juice does. Juice already had a match at Wrestle Kingdom set up. So this is bizarre, to say the least. Do you think Evil and Sonata um, come in and cost Juice the title where it drops back to Moxley? I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Uh, we also had one more big surprise on the tag league finals, and that was Guess who showed up to challenge Lance Archer for his U.S. title, for his, for his American, North American title? John Moxley! Moxley, back to New Japan. He's going to have a match at Wrestle Kingdom against your boy, Lance Archer. And Nick, I don't know if you heard the stipulation yet, it's going to be a Texas death match. I don't Texas, even know what that is, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a death match from Texas. What is, okay, is our steer going to be involved? Uh, no, there will not be any Longhorns involved, uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but, giant, uh, giant steaks. Well, gi- are they going to hit each other with giant raw meat? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, so the Texas death match, the difference is, um, it's okay. Let's see if I can f- remember this. Okay. It's, if it's, it's kind of like a last man standing match, you have to be pinned and then a 10 count is initiated. And if you don't get up by kind of 10, then you would so not so you have to basically not respond to like a thirteen count essentially. Okay. It's a little different. Yeah. Right. I'd I'd kind of almost rather have raw steaks in there. They just slap each other with <laughs> guns and strange abortion laws. Yes. That's a Texas death match right there. Yes. And capital uh, punishment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and getting shot by the cops if you go over seventy miles per hour. Right. In a seventy mile per hour zone. Right. Uh, but no, Moxley Archer Texas Deathmatch, awesome. Yes, awesome. If if you uh, tune in for nothing else, tune in for that. But oh my God, there's so much other massive stuff happening uh, in Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I was gonna say, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Wrestle Kingdom, they announced their their full card, and it looks insane. Not only that, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger's last two matches are gonna be opening the show on day one and two. Liger's mm. last two matches will be on day one. It's him teaming up with Tatsumi Fujinami, the great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask 4 with El Samurai against Sano, Shinjiro Otani, uh, Tatsuhiro Takawa, 
uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, and that's going to be with uh, Kunaiki Kobayashi. So just basically an all-star cast tag team to open night one. Night two. That sounds like a PWG is, match. Uh, it's, well, the <laughs> New Japan. Japan version of Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Are we gonna get to see the the one the one last Japan in the first place? The one last Jushin Thunder Liger's legendary asshole. I want to see well, that move one last time. No, that's a PWG only thing. You're I not going to see the uh, the butt train going on over <laughs> in New Japan. Just just saying. <laughs> um, but night two, you will see Liger teaming up with Naoki Sano versus Hiromu Takahashi and Dragon Lee. That's right, the two guys. Uh, who've had one of the greatest, uh, I would say, junior heavyweight feuds of all time, are going to be teaming up. Uh, Dragon Lee, because as you know, he left CMLL, so he can't really use Dragon Lee anymore. So now he's being called Ryu Lee. So if you see huh. uh, Ryu Lee being advertised, that's really Dragon Lee. Uh, and I think it's interesting that, the, that he and Takahashi are teaming up, considering that the match that broke Takahashi's neck was versus Dragon Lee. So very interesting. But also, what a way to um, kind of... Uh, will give give some big honor to both those guys is have them be part of Liger's very last match. That that's a major passing of the torch to those two guys and shows uh, the kind of respect Liger has for them. Yeah, so that's huge. Uh, the entire Wrestle Kingdom card has been released, as I said. Night one, uh, I told you about Liger's match. Also opening the show, Sonata, Evil, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. Basically, everyone in uh, in Los Ingobernables but Naito. Versus uh, pretty much everybody in Suzuki Gun, Zack Saber Jr., Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and El Desperado. So Wrestle Kingdom, once again, we're having uh, Los Ingobernables versus Suzuki Gun, possibly for the last time if rumors of Suzuki leaving New Japan are true. End of an era. Uh, you also have Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano, and Yoshihashi versus Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. So you have um, a bunch of Chaos guys versus uh, Bullet Club. So Chaos Bullet Club feud, Los Ingobernables versus Suzuki Gun feud, all of that opening night one. Then you had the Lance Archer John Moxley death match uh, on night one. Osprey versus Hiromu Takahashi for the junior heavyweight championship on night one. Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Obushi. For the IWGP heavyweight title. That's night one. Day one. Night one. That's night one. Night two, the madness continues. Uh, you've got El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori versus Sho and Yo for the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team titles, which is going to be a barn burner. Whoever wins the U.S. championship match, whether it's Moxley or Lance Archer, is going to face Juice Robinson on night two. And if you don't think it's Moxley, then you haven't been paying attention to this feud. Right. It's got to be Moxley versus Juice. They're I the think ones I, I have said that earlier accidentally. Like, I'm yeah. completely forgetting that Lance Archer is currently the U.S. title holder. It doesn't right, matter, but, Lance. Sorry. Nice, nice knowing you for a bit. Thanks for, hold, thanks for holding the belt. Yeah, thanks for keeping it warm. But honestly, like, but it's, also, it's great for him. Like, as, as a belt warmer for a couple of months, it looks great on his resume. So yeah. I'm sure he's fine with it as well. Uh, plus, he's, he's getting a Wrestle Kingdom match, dude. He's still he's getting a match even if he drops the belt night one and Moxie goes on and, and has his feud with with Juice on night two. Lance Archer is getting a major match at Wrestle Kingdom. Damn! Like you earned job. it, buddy. That's 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 what that you get G1, for doing well in the G one. That G one run, you earned that. 
put him on the map. Uh, you've also got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata for the British Openweight title, the Rev Pro title. Uh, you've got Kenta versus Hiroki Goto for the Never Openweight title. This is one that I'm kind of salty about, Nick, because uh, Kenta and Suzuki were trying to kill each other in the tag team, uh, the, the tag team uh, mm. champion, the, the, the tag team tournament there. World Tag like, League. I don't know if you... World Tag League. I, I'm, I am stuttering because I'm thinking about the hits they were putting on each other. Like, they were hitting each other so hard that, like, their faces were distorting. And it was just like, oh, my God. There, I'll put, a, I'll put a, a video of it up in the group. There's just a, a classic one that's out there of Kenta, like, beating the crap out of Suzuki. Suzuki just standing up and looking like, how dare you hit me? And then they just go into this exchange that's just so cringy. And Goto oh. and Kenta have been hitting the crap out of each other, too. The never openweight championship kind of classically is the let's hit each other so hard that we make the audience cringe division. Um, and it looks like it's going to come back. Like, Kenta Goto is going to be hard hitting. I just wish Suzuki was here because he's not doing anything night two. Yeah. So... I guess there is still time to make it a three-way, but I don't think it's happening. They don't like doing three-ways at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, whoever loses the uh, heavyweight and intercontinental matches the first night, so in other words, uh, Jay White and Ibushi, will be uh, facing off in, the, in, a, in a special singles match. And then the two people who win will be facing off the top. So basically, whoever wins Okada Ibushi for the heavyweight title uh, we'll be facing off against whoever wins Jay White Naito for the right. Intercontinental title, and the losers will face off as well. So one of those three are walking out of there with both belts, is what you're saying? One of those four. Jay White, Naito, Ibushi, or Okada. Any one of those yep. four could walk out with you're both right. belts. Someone's walking out with both belts. But it's going to be one of those four. <coughs> it's going to be Naito. <clears throat> and finally, Tanahashi. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho in a special singles match. That's night two. Good, sweet Lord, I'm tired just talking about the card. That's going to be insane. <laughs> I can't Follow wait to... Follow that, I, you know, I'm, I'm moving this week. Things are going to be a little hectic for the next few days, but I can't wait to sit down and actually invest some time into going back and watching some of these choice matches from the World Tag League. From what I hear, uh, just from everything you've outlined, it's insane. And it's kind of... We've got the road to... It's the K place that I can't pronounce... Isn't there one Road to Wrestle Kingdom stop? Isn't there one more stop before we get there? Or are we done to Wrestle, Road to, Wrestle it's, Kingdom? It's Road to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, we're just yep. on our way there. We have a new beginning tour happening in the USA in January. Um, they're coming to see the 24th in Tampa, Florida, 26th in Nashville, Tennessee, 27th in Raleigh, North Carolina. There you go, buddy. Uh, January 30th in Miami, Florida, and then February 1st in Atlanta, Georgia, before going back for the actual new beginning shows, and I believe in Sapporo. In uh, on the I think it's February fourth in Japan, mm. so that will be the next big stuff. Um, and New Year's Dash, which is happening the sixth, so they're doing three shows back to back: Wrestle Kingdom one, two, and then New Year Dash when they start all the storylines for the new year, which should be very entertaining indeed. So much New Japan stuff leading up to Wrestle Kingdom right now. I'm very excited. Mm. Um, I will say this though: Butter's throwing some shade on Fale in the chat right now. Um, don't worry, Butters. He's in one tag match, a, a four-on-four tag match at Wrestle Kingdom. You're safe. He's warming safe, up the buddy. mat for everybody else. Basically. Fale can never hurt you again, at least yeah. <laughs> not for the foreseeable future. Or Daryl. 
Or he can't hurt Daryl either. Never allowed Wait, to touch Daryl ever again. He's going to be in. Come here, buddy. Hold on a second. I got to hold him tightly here. Um, yeah, still he's going to be. Same, dude. I'm never going to be the same. He, but he's going to be in the house at the same night, but hopefully not uh, out at the same time. Right. So, all right. Well, thank you, Sir and Danger, for that update on New Japan. Uh, we want to do, again, our moment of positivity. And I need to come up with yes. a nice little jingle for that that's, you know, very New Day esque. The power of positivity. Moment uh, of positivity. What made you happy? Uh, Surrey and Dangerous, since we had the show on Saturday, the last couple of days, arguably New Japan or Monday Night Raw or any of the announcements for Hall of Fame, I mean, was there anything that stood out the last few days that really made you happy? Um, the first one I can think of is, is Kenta and Suzuki hitting the crap out of each other and the look on Suzuki's face when he stood up and just was basically like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Um... That's the one that pops up first. That or um, you were mentioning the Iconics earlier. Yeah. And the uh, the dance when Alistair's music happens. That that was the other one. Yeah. One of those two. had to, Billy Kay made, hardcore dancing, flailing her arms around. And it wasn't Alistair's wasn't, song if you listen no, to it. No, she it was, was like doing because I think they lost or something. They were like, she was happy that they won or they lost. Or I forget yeah. what it was. It was a post-match celebration of some sort. And they just... They took it and used it for somewhere else. It was like some and 2004 just, Screamo hardcore song just in a breakdown. <laughs> it was awesome. It was fantastic. Oh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Um, for me, it's probably going to be um, the first thing that pops in my head is the announcement of a Texas death match involving John Moxley. <laughs> there it is. I, I have a hard time arguing that. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I just bubbled, <clears throat> bubbled over with joy when I saw that come out. I was just like, ah, yes. Yeah. Both the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm also very excited. Uh, the more I hear about Wrestle Kingdom, the more I'm making plans in my head to just completely write those days off, flip my sleep schedule upside down. I don't have a bartender schedule like you do, so I have to like I have to flip my whole life upside down in a way to be able to watch all six hours of that madness both nights. So, yeah, I'm, well, I'm very anxious for Wrestle Kingdom. What's sad for me is that with my bartender schedule, like that actually can screw up my ability to see it because I don't get home until sometimes it's already started or mostly done. Yeah. Uh, I have to look at when they start. Uh, well, moving to the East Coast like, also threw a loop at me because I'm now three hours even later uh, right. before it's starting. So it's like it's like really early in the morning. Like you got to get up early in the morning to watch like it. Three, pretty much. four o'clock, yeah. Yeah, because um, it's see, it would start at like what Friday night, Saturday morning our time, and then Saturday morning, or Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then New Year Dash would be Sunday night, Monday morning, um, our time over here in the old Estados Unidos, uh, and I don't even want to know what it's like for our, our UK listeners or our European listeners. What's gonna be the next day like for them? I mean, it's gonna be. It'll be like. Uh, yeah, they might. So they might have a little. It's like better. ten o'clock in the morning over there. Do we? Do we have any uh, Brits or Swedes or Norwegians or anyone in our chat right now? Right now, who can tell me if it's if you guys are gonna have a problem with it? Um, uh, yeah, I I do know that it's it's gonna be a weird weekend. <laughs> That's gonna be a tough one. Are there any other? Um, no, we know that. You know, we know there. Ha AEW is like January fifteenth or something like that. 
They're doing that nine days of the Jericho cruise and the pay-per-view middle right. of January. Yeah. Royal Rumble is the end of the anywhere close to it no. because, I mean, they've got people. they got Jericho and Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom and possibly more. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hint, hint, you know. So I personally, honestly, like, just to put, I put a cap on all of this stuff, I, I kind of hope that we're seeing the beginning of the relationship between AEW and New Japan thawing and seeing much more more crossovers. It's been said on our show. It's been said in the chat. It's been said in the, the Facebook discussion group. Uh, I think what we were asked as a listener question even last week is, you know, I, I think it was a leading question because someone said, oh, who would you want to see invade? Would you want to see an invasion angle? Uh, a modern invasion angle, who? And I think the, I think the leading question was, to, you know, wouldn't you want to see New Japan invade AEW? And uh, what the if the elite is, came uh, back yeah. and invaded New Japan just to put Jay White down, or just to mess with the heavyweight tag division? To just, I don't know. There's a not lot to of take things. over claim of of whatever, but to take Jay White out, you know, shoot Gato away, and you know, supplant somebody else to be the new head of Bullet Club. Something like that would be pretty awesome. But yeah, Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks just coming back and. Beating down um, Jay White, that that could be interesting. Well, all I know is that we were saying like the one big one is you know Kenny Omega finally wins the title in AEW. Uh, he's celebrating, and all of a sudden the lights go out, and you hear the coin clink, clink, yeah. clink, 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 and the Rainmaker music starts. Now comes Kazuchi Okada, and ah! the whole place burns. We would all place burns down. We, we whole place just burns die. down. We're done. Like yep. Yosemite, Yosemite <laughs> erupts in a cloud of smoke. It's been fun doing the podcast, folks. That's going to wrap it up for us. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) If Okada shows up after Kenny wins a belt, uh, we're done. (laughs) Everyone who watches wrestling craps themselves at the same time simultaneously. It's just a huge torrent tsunami of poop. We all die. Boy, what a moment of positivity that would be. And there it is. There it is. Uh, Thank you guys very much. Oh, wait, we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. You know, one of these days we're actually going to get a sound effect for that of the actual like newsreel hitting or like the what is the telegram sound and not have you do the beep 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 beep. But hey, Butters called it the brown noise. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's for everyone pooping when Okada comes up. If you don't know what the brown noise is, go look it up for South Park. You'll enjoy. Um, So this week on the news, AEW Dark uh, happened earlier today. It was Jimmy Havoc versus Peter Avalon versus Scorpio Sky, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt versus the Beaver Boys, Kenny Omega versus Kip Sabian, and Orange Cassidy, Chucky T, and Britt Baker were on commentary. I don't want to give any spoilers because it just happened, so go check that out. Uh, Over in WWE, Robert Roode and Primo Colon have been suspended for wellness violations. Has not been released what they were suspended for. As you, as we've known in the past, it can be everything from Adderall to Bobby Roode was out there like scoring smack in a back alley somewhere. We have no idea what this was. Um, you know, Primo Colon is out there snorting cocaine off of a Puerto Rican hooker's ass. We have no idea what wow. this is. Wow. Um, but but the Primo Colon especially, like the dude has been halfway out the door forever. He's been wrestling and. And doing work in, in Puerto Rico, like, I, I wonder how much this is going to affect him at all. Or if this is their way, if he's trying to get out of his contract, if this is their way of sticking it to him, something political. Like, totally wild speculation. 
So I have no idea what's going on with him. We're, we're going to be on YouTube now like Cornette after he's just saying that. <laughs> Why? Snorting coke off of a Puerto Rican hooker's ass. It's reasonable. <laughs> I said it was an unlikely. I, I prefaced it by saying it's unlikely, but the wellness policy is such that we don't know. It could be one thing or two. That, you're right. That is included in the wellness policy. It that, is that, indeed. It is, it is a bad bag. No, no. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. There's no, no snorting cocaine off of hookers' asses if you're going to follow the wellness policy in the WWE. It's just Correct. you can't do it. Okay, so I'm saying it could be that or it could be something as, as simple as Adderall. It actually was noted by uh, Moxley. Someone did a shoot interview recently and they were basically like, the only thing you can really get away with is weed because they don't test for that. Mm. And like half the locker room smokes weed. Which, you know, really isn't as serious these days as it would have been like 20, 30 years ago sure. anyway. But obviously it's a bigger deal in some states than others and some countries than others. Yeah. But uh, again, we don't know how long they're, they're uh, suspended for. Usually it's typically about a month. Uh, but, it, but I feel bad also for Robert Roode because he was kind of getting a lot of TV time there. Even though you and I didn't like it. And I know you particularly didn't like the fact that he was teaming up with Dolph Ziggler. No. But uh, I want I want yeah. NXT Dick Hill in a suit Bobby Roode back, and I don't know if we're ever going to get it now. I don't know if you will either. This might really kind of undercut Bobby Roode. Yeah, he's he's, sorry, in the, he's into the forties at this second at this point. So <sighs> I don't know what he's got left. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So hopefully, it's something mild that they, it's just you know. Um, someone said in the chat. Who said in the chat? Uh, oh, butters again. Butters, you are active today. Uh, that it may be something to like something like something in his hair supplement that you know triggered the test or something or like, um, <laughs> well no that like too much Rogaine. Brock got popped in USADA for uh, having a testosterone blocker where it was really just part of another medication he was actually taking. You know that was the, that was the one thing that he got wow. popped for and everyone's like oh he violated it no 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 it's like well no the thing he got popped for actually really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so one wonders what it actually was. You know, Roman Reigns apparently did get popped for Adderall. Like, that was the thing that he got popped for, which is like, okay, big deal. Anyway, so they are both out for an undisclosed amount of time. Seth Rollins apparently at a house show broke his finger. Obviously, he won't miss any time with a finger break. Also, Braun Strowman apparently suffering either from a hip injury or back spasms. He's also not supposed to miss too much time with that minor injury. You may have heard that people have been released from WWE this week, not just suspended. The Ascension were fired, and Luke Harper and Sin Cara were granted their release. Releases from WWE. All those guys are gone. All four of them, dunzo. However, I do believe they're all still under 90-day no-compete clauses, so don't look for any of them to pop up at any other uh, promotions in the near future, at least not until the beginning of March or so. Mm. Liv Morgan was being advertised as having a segment to, on Raw this week, but as with many WWE things these days, they advertise something and then it doesn't happen. They are still promoting that she's going to undergo a quote-unquote makeover, and they're putting out a little graphic that looks something like looks a little bit like a like a reality show graphic of like a makeover show kind of thing. Liv Morgan's makeover. She's we been doing that on Twitter if- with Lana too. Yeah, I'm worried, man. I'm really worried because Uh-oh. everyone kind of thought she was going to, everyone thought she was going to go dark. Everyone thought she was going to, you know, become Sister Abigail or whatever. And it's looking like it might be 
really bad. It like she might come out and be like all glammed up. Damn it. And yeah, kind of be like the new uh, Lana or all read everything. Like, or remember when they did Emelina? It might be that. So start worrying. Start worrying about Liv Morgan now. Uh, Chris Statlander and Big Swole. You've been seeing them on AEW, but apparently they weren't officially signed yet. Well, they are now. AEW announced that Chris Statlander and Big Swole are now officially AEW. So in doing some research last week after we raved uh, on Saturday, or sorry, last couple of days, after we raved on Saturday about Chris Statlander's performance on Dynamite last week, I was looking into it, and apparently as recently as November 4th, just over a month ago, she was sitting in front of a WWE contract at NXT. Like, that recently. And apparently they bungled it, and she backed out for what... I don't don't know the reasons. It was being reported by really good sources that it was a done deal. Like, that's how close it was. That's how how pretty much done it was, was that she was NXT-bound, and something gave her cold feet. Something happened, and then she showed up. Brandy signed her. If you remember, it wasn't last week. It was the week before. She came out as part of a tag team to get squashed, Um, and uh, it was literally that day Brandy Rhodes signed her to AEW. And in one week, she went from getting squashed to beating the number one chick in the division, So who's not the champ. So, yeah, they got plans for Chris Statlander. She was a hot prospect. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point, that AEW definitely pulled a big swerve on WWE there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big swerves, no one saw this coming. Tito Ortiz and Alberto Del Rio had their shoot MMA match down in Combate Americano, and Tito Ortiz submitted the actual crap out of Alberto Del Rio in the first round. Damn, didn't see that one coming at all, Nick. Man, here I thought Alberto had a chance. He's such a skilled veteran in the MMA ring and and has so many wins and is at the peak of his career. Who are we kidding? We all saw this happening from a long way off. Hopefully they made enough money to keep their mutual lives going. And for Alberto to pay his medical bills after getting in in an octagon with Tito Ortiz. Good Lord. He's got submitted in the first round. To me, this sounds like a smart move on his part. Yeah, you know what I mean. What's the, what's like, the old? Nope, I'm what, out. <laughs> when we were young, we were young. What was it like? Uh, you know, these guys going into a ring with Mike Tyson and taking twenty six million dollar purses to get knocked out in thirty seconds. Yeah, like, dude, I'll take like minor brain damage for the rest of my life for twenty six million dollars for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Would you get knocked out by Mike Tyson? What was it? Wasn't that the old saying? Yes. Would you get knocked out by Mike Tyson for twenty six million? Easily. Hell yes. 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 Would you get submitted by Tito Ortiz in thirty six seconds or whatever it was? To get a, however many million dollars they got for this, probably wasn't twenty six, but it, it probably was a hefty paycheck. He, the difference between boxing and MMA is that I can go, ha, I'm out. Yep, tap. Although boxing, was, I got to take well, a punch. Was that, <laughs> what was that match this weekend where the guy had ha- like half his lip was just busted up, like half his face? You see that? Oh, no. oh, god, that sounds awful. Chat, chat, help me. What match was that this weekend? A couple of heavyweights. And dude got punched in the face, and it just split his lip halfway up his cheek. Whoa. Who was that? Somebody, <laughs> somebody, help me out here in the chat. I don't, I don't have the Googles. Uh, also in the news, uh, we'll get back to that if, if anyone can help me in the chat. Uh, also in the news, Sammy Zayn. You may have seen this on Twitter. This was trending for a while. Sammy Zayn got into a fan's face ringside 
at a, uh, a live WWE event. The fan apparently called him the F word that's not four letters and the one that refers to homosexuality. And Sammy did not like that. Legit got in the guy's face, had to be held back. And uh, I attempted to have the guy kicked out of the event. I don't know if he succeeded or not, but really got heated. Told the fan that he was a, a homophobic piece of crap. Uh, he used much stronger language than I did. I've, I've, I can't use my F-bombs anymore on the show until the new year. And Sammy used a several. But um, a lot of people came to Sammy's defense, and uh, rightly so, for getting in the face of anyone who is uh, being homophobic in that way to wrestling show. A lot of other wrestlers tweeted out support, including people uh, tweeting out their own experiences or some their own videos. Will Ospreay tweeted out a video of him and Pete Dunne in a TNT match in 2017 where some fans were heckling Osprey and calling him the same word and they both stopped the match and cursed out the fans. So, yeah, there's just my opinion, not a place for that in wrestling. There's a lot of stuff you can scream at them, a lot of yep. stuff you can say, but these days saying that word, that six-letter F word is basically the same as a as a six-letter N word directed towards an African American. It's yep. just as tasteless, it's just as distasteful and it has no place in heckling people at one of these shows. Yep. It just doesn't. Sorry. Have an update for you. The uh, busted lip you were referring to earlier was one Alistair Overeem, and it was given to him by Jerzinho Rosenstreak. <laughs> I see you speak Portuguese as well. I, I, the fact that you even know that that's Portuguese is impressive. Jairinho Rosenstreak? Yeah. I, I also am not a very good... I work with a Brazilian. Like, I worked with a Brazilian last night at my job, and I still can't speak Portuguese to save my life. I know como That's about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, that was... My God, that was a gnarly injury. My, like... Pff, uh, uh, and it was... Yeah, it was gross. Anyway, all right. And finally, finally in the news today, uh, I had to say this. I had to quote this because I thought this quote was awesome. And if, if you've reached this long in our show today, then thank you for sticking with us. And I hope that you appreciate this too. But TJP, think of him what you will. But I thought that this was a really interesting take on WWE. For those of you who have issues with WWE, who have beef with how they present themselves, this was a really great insight from a guy who left it because this is how they operate. Uh, and I, I still had a pretty good level head on his shoulders about what his role was going to be and just said, yeah, I just don't want to, I don't want to have that role in your company. I understand why some people do, but it's not me. Yeah. So he was having an AMA and this is the quote. And it's a bit of a long one, but bear with me because I think it really does shed some light on what WWE is and how they perceive themselves. Okay. He said, the thing is, it's a TV show. And when I say that, I know everyone thinks, yeah, yeah, we know we've heard it before and that it's about drama more than wrestling. But that's not what I mean. I literally mean it's a television show like Walking Dead or Supernatural or Sons of Anarchy or Game of Thrones. And we've said that on the show a few times, Nick. But he goes on to define it. He says, just like those shows, it has a cast of about 10 main characters. Everyone else is just an extra, just a random cop in episode two that helps Rick in a jam and then doesn't show up again for three more seasons and comes back for a couple of scenes. It has a summer season that leads to a season finale and then a winter spring season that leads to a finale. Each of those seasons are really centered around your typical 20 episodes or so. And everything in between is basically reruns until the next season starts. That's it. A lot of guys see it for what it's not. 
It's not a wrestling promotion. It's a television show, exactly the same as any other. When they have meetings with sponsors and networks, they present their show and the main characters, and that's the pitch. They don't even write their stories until that week or day because it doesn't matter. Just like when the Simpsons are pitched in a meeting, they just present the characters as is, and they write the episodes as they go with the characters in mind. Also, food for thought that people for people that wonder if title runs are well thought out ahead of time, they really only think as far as making sure certain main characters are present in certain 10 poll shows throughout the year. The story gets filled in later. End quote. That really sums it up to me. Yeah, it does. Brilliant. Like, and that's and that, like, Nick, when you and I criticize the show, a lot of times we say, oh, these matches don't matter, these matches don't matter, these matches don't matter. And that seems to be one of our recurring criticisms. And this kind of underscores the idea that WWE knows they don't matter and they don't care. They're there to entertain the live crowd and just keep some people in the public awareness, right? So that's one thing to keep in mind when we critique WWE is this mindset. We can't always expect them to do otherwise. The only reason to critique it in that sense is if we're doing it in an overall fashion where we say it's dumb that they do it this way, which I think it is. You have the time. You have the ability. You're not Game of Thrones or The Simpsons or any of the other shows. You have the ability to think on your feet and create more engaging long-term storylines with multiple characters here. You don't have to stick to the same 10 or 20 top characters. You can do more because... That is the system they have set up. They just don't. So that's, I think, something that we can probably, going forward, critique a little bit more, is that it's an overarching issue with how they do their creative as opposed to a week-to-week issue. Yeah, totally. I think this was brilliantly summarized here in in that little passage, if you call it that. Um, That's exactly it. It's it's just like Walking Dead or Supernatural or Sons of Anarchy or Games of Thrones. Game of Thrones shows we all rave about and loved. Yeah. Well, I think actually the Simpsons. Well, let's not. We uh, uh, and even that was fine to the last two episodes. Yeah. But of that we shall not speak. Simpsons, I thought was a really good analogy because that's one where it's been going for so long and they've done so much. Like Simpsons has been going for longer than Raw. And it's one of the few shows that has. Um. And yet they still find new things to do with the same characters. And they've had the same characters for a lot longer. But no one's going to argue that Simpsons now is anywhere near as good as Simpsons was in like season six or eight around then, right? Right. Because at a certain point, you just run into fatigue of rehashing the same things. But look at how The Simpsons has had to open up its cast of characters. They've got whole shows about the doctor. They've got whole shows about um, the kid that goes, <laughs> right? Like we know all about the comic book store guy because they've got to elaborate on their other characters at a certain point. But yes, they do go in and pitch Homer and Bart and Marge every time they want to go talk to networks and sponsors because those are the ones people know. So there is something that I think WWE could look at The Simpsons for and say, how do we create sub characters that are engaging on a, like when we're working on a week to week basis and we have to keep this going all the time? Yep. So. No. I, I thought that was an apt one. We always say Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, but Simpsons is one I'd never thought of. And it's like, that's a really interesting analogy is to say The Simpsons. Yeah. They've just so. evolved in, and over time to adjust to, you know, South Park has been going since the late 90s. You could throw that one in there Jesus. as well. Just how they've evolved that show over time. Look at how Raw has evolved over time. You know, we've, we've gone from the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era to whatever you call that late 2000s era 
I don't know. PG era. PG era. All right. When, when, then this, the new era, whatever we're in now, you know? <laughs> yeah, the one they, yeah, the reality era. The reality new era. era. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they can't make up their minds so it's, anymore. It's just but, an evolution of, of time and going along with changes in society. You know, the rules shift. The things you can say shift. Uh, all of that stuff shifts. So, And all of those shows follow yeah. that pattern of society as well just to stay in the current. So, yeah, it's it's nothing. I, I completely agree with what he's saying here. Um, yeah. I, I saw something else today to throw on to this. Um, I saw a ex, an ex-professional wrestler, not anyone we would have seen in WWE, but someone who I know of. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to call him out here. I saw him on Twitter saying um, that people that have ne- – he was one of those that said people that have never worked in the business have no right ever saying anything about – uh, how things were booked or sure. You know, yeah. One of those guys, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm going, have you ever heard of Roger Ebert? Yeah. You ever heard well, of Roger um, Ebert? Mark Roger wrote Valley. Roger Ebert wrote Valley of the dolls. Just, just saying no. like, he was involved in it. He just wasn't very Touché. good at it. <laughs> Touché. Um, but no, that, that's, that is of course the, that's the argument that you can always make back is most like most food critics have never been chefs, right? <laughs> the people, the people who consume, but, but yet, that's the intended audience, and they're going to tell you whether they like it or not. They may not know exactly how you basted your lamb, but they can tell you if you if the end product is good or not. They may not be able to say, like, well, you should have had it at 450 instead of 400 in the oven. They might not be able to tell you the technical things, but they can tell you if they like it or not, right? But No, so, but his critique was about we shouldn't be talking about how things get booked, uh, how things got scheduled, so-and-so, it was handled poorly, and... And I'm just going, dude. No, no, that's not how it works. Not how it works in any of the media. Sorry, dude. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that kayfabe got broken, and now everyone has their ability to be a smart and and knows that it's a storyline. But you know what? Guess what? In every other creative medium, where there's writing and there's acting and there's performance, there is critique, and that is what it has been for hundreds and thousands of years. All right. Aeschylus was writing his plays, and you had people who'd never written plays telling Aeschylus, your plays suck. You can't write, all right? That is the nature of the beast. And if you're going to be in pro wrestling, you're going to have to find some way to deal with critique, hopefully positively. And if, frankly, if the critique is coming from a place of positive critique or constructive criticism, then you should have an open mind to it because it will it could it could conceivably help you get better. There's a lot of toxic bullshit out there on wrestling Twitter and in wrestling fandoms. People who just say, you know, who just are there to just be negative Nancy's and not to have anything positive to add to the conversation. But there's also people out there who actually have a head on their shoulders who may never have done a back bump, but can tell you a good looking back bump from a bad looking bad bump back bump. They may never have done it themselves, but they might be they might have watched enough of them to know the difference. Yeah. And you have to get that through your head that that does exist. So, yeah, it's just, and I think it's just going to be one of those, I don't want to say wars, but it's going to be one of those battles that continues to exist between the performers and the consumers of professional wrestling is, you know, do, how do, how do they, in a medium that up until very recently was, uncritiquable in that sense from an out from outside from viewers because it was you were all supposed to believe it was real now that kayfabe is dead in the last you know let's say let's say officially last 15 20 years or so um the the internet and social media especially gave everybody a podium to 
from which to preach upon. And that's a societal ill that goes across all boundaries. But, you yeah. know, the, th- the thing that I'm saying is also wrestling the same amount of time, um, that veneer of, of semi-authenticity fell away. And now most people, you know, you have the people who say, oh, it's fake and because they don't know any better. But then you have the people who look at it um, and, and have a good idea of what it is and say, look, it's a performance. Yeah. And like any other performance uh, with storyline and with action, uh, as a viewer, I can watch enough of it and have an idea what I like and what I don't like and what a good, um, you know, what good wrestling is and what bad wrestling is. And, you know, we're not, there is no medium, there's no creative medium where you're asked to be a passive consumer of that uh, and you just have to accept that. There's, you know, there are people who are passive consumers and that's probably the best audience for, for someone who is creative. As two people who are creative, Nick, I would love it if everyone was just passive and just sat there and loved everything we did. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. It's not like the whole nature of creativity is to put something out there and maybe people like it and maybe they don't. And the best thing you can hope for is people that don't like it can come back at you and say why they didn't like it in a constructive fashion so that maybe you can improve and put out a product that more people will like. Yeah. So, and, and frankly, it's infantile to expect anything else. Agreed. Like I would never presume to go and say that somebody that doesn't know anything about podcasting can't put on a good podcast. You know, so right. I, Unless you have a podcast, don't talk to us about our podcast. Yeah. No, you can add. To, I'm gonna say this right now. You out there listening to this podcast, you can absolutely not have a podcast and tell us if we're screwing up or not. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I welcome it. Come on, tell I've us got, how we can get I've better. Got very thick don't skin. Just, it like exactly. Don't tell us that we, you know, don't just say, "Hey, you guys suck," and walk away. Then yeah. you're being a dick, and that's that's pointless. That's just pointless negativity. Yeah, don't be. A but dick. if you say, "You guys, hey, talk slower. We can't understand you sometimes," or sometimes, um, you guys talk over each other too much, or whatever the critique is. If it's a if it's a critique that I can listen to and go, "Huh, I'll check for that." I'm open, like you said. I got thick skin, and I'm open to hear it because I want to make a better show for everyone else to listen to it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I would, uh, if I were a wrestler, I would welcome that criticism. I would welcome that. Um, and not, I'm not talking about wrestling Twitter toxic crap. Exactly. I'm talking about like, oh man, that was so good. But if you had done X, Y, and Z, oh my God, it would have blown everything. I love that kind of stuff. Sure, and and you know, again with the, with the with the podcast thing, like if it's just not technically or feasibly possible, say it. Like you know, I understand why you would want that, but it's just not physically possible yeah. for me to do a double backflip, reverse indie arm drag Canadian destroyer from the top rope to the outside in the crowd. It's just not technically possible. This is the pod- worst podcast I've <laughs> ever listened to. I see you. Well, that, that guys, that's, that's, that's the news. And thank the news you very much, sir, Ian well. Dangerous, for that, uh, <laughs> the lecture there, uh, and f- in philosophy. It no, it was, well, you know, a guest it's... lecture, you call it that, you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> Stay tuned for my new podcast, Wrestling Philosophy. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining us today for this breakdown of Monday Night Raw. As we head into TLC this weekend, make sure you are in our Facebook discussion group. That is where you're going to find links to all of the goodies that are going to happen this weekend around TLC, which you'll have links to our Discord community where you can get in for the live chat 
uh, for the pay-per-view. We will be online doing the watch parties in the Facebook group, live chats in the Discord for throughout the show on Sunday. We will be back on Saturday because we do stream twice a week at yeah. least. Yeah. Right? Not just Saturdays, Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yes, Esmeralda, TLC is on Sunday. So we've got that to look forward to. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. She didn't understand. Yeah. So she didn't realize if you watched WWE, you probably didn't because they didn't do a very good job building it last week. They're starting to get a little better at it. but So come join us in Facebook. Get into the Discord community. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you jingle that little notification bell as well so that you get notified anytime we go live or post some new videos, which we've been doing a Mm. lot of, and it's going gangbusters. So... Uh, I'm very happy with that. Thank you all for li- the likes and the shares and the comments and everything on the little hot takes videos that we're putting up, little snippets of our main show. Uh, you don't have to watch the whole two hours that we're just pulling out our hot our hot takes from, from each show so you guys can watch those yeah. as well. And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, you guys mm. rock. You're awesome. Thank you for all your support. If you guys would like to get in on some of that, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. At just $5 a month, you have the ability to ask listener questions that we will answer on our patron mailbag series dedicated to those listener questions every single Saturday uh, after our main show. We do a completely separate stream, fully dedicated, and you can find the replays of all of those over on our YouTube channel or your podcast app of choice. They go up in the exact same feed uh, as all of these. Uh, but yeah, Ian, uh, that's it. I think we got uh, everything mm-hmm. done. <laughs> so well, all I right, guess uh, we're come on to- back Saturday for the. T- yeah. We're going to do our picks for TLC. We got SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Uh, we'll also be doing our patron mailbag episode, which is always a lot of yes. fun. If you're not a patron yet, become a patron. BWO forward slash p. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash BWO. That's what I meant. Yes. And uh, join up and get your questions in because that's a really fun show. We will be off a couple episodes around around the holidays, but we'll let you know about that as we get closer to yeah. that. Uh, and that is our show for today. Nick. The next month's going to be a little bit dodgy, and we'll update you guys on all those dates and changes and things like that as we go through the Christmas time period and New Year's and all that good stuff. Yes. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Somebody stop the damn This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.